Let's talk about the BC government's new pilot program to encourage secondary suites. Today, Premier David Eby was joined by other officials to provide uh, an update on the NDP's housing plan, which includes a pilot program that will provide 3,000 homeowners with forgivable loans of up to $40,000 to help cover the costs of creating rental suites. Uh, The program is set to launch in April of 2024. Uh, It's also expected that uh, this fall, legislation will pass, making secondary suites legal everywhere in the province. Here is Premier David Eby. We are uh, very hungry for rental housing in this province with the population growth that we've seen. And there are people deciding, do I want to be a landlord? I don't know. It seems like there are a lot of things that I have to go through. Permits I need. I don't know what the rules are. This guy takes people from the beginning to the end, from the stage of a uh, contractor to the permits that you need for construction. Where if you want to build a home in British Columbia, You don't have to navigate your way on your own through the maze of the provincial government. Uh, It has every step that you need. It takes you from beginning to end to help you understand all of the permits that you need. That was Premier David Eby uh, speaking earlier in uh, regards to this program. Joining me now is Nathan Cullen, Minister of Water, Land and Resource Stewardship. Uh, Minister, thank you for joining us today. For sure, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, generally, we'd be speaking to the Minister of Housing, but uh, you're playing a role in this as well. Walk me hmm. through, as a citizen, in regards to, if I wanted to move forward with this plan, how would it work? Well, there's, there's a couple of things that were announced today. Uh, two pieces. One is to help home builders through a single application, help them walk with them through the permits that they need through the province and continue to speed up permits. In the last uh, six to eight months, we've been dramatically reducing the time it takes for home builders to get the different types of permits they need from the province. Because we know when you're building a home, time is literally money. If it takes you longer to build the home, it's more interest rates, it's more delay, it's more costs, which makes the home, whether it's a rental or for someone to buy, more expensive for the person looking to live there. The second thing, and this is really important, is that we know there's a lot of folks looking to do secondary suites. There might be a couple things in their way, maybe money, and that's why we're talking about the potential of a $40,000 forgivable loan for people to be able to put those units in. And also on the permitting side, uh, how do I do this, as the Premier was talking about, the easy steps, what kind of permits do you need, what kind, and also best practices, what kinds of things should you be paying attention to, Is your house set up the right way to do a secondary suite or build a carriage house? Mm -hmm. All these things we've heard from people before, they might be keen to do it, but not necessarily sure how. So Minister Callan was announcing that today. My ministry is working on continuing to speed up and make a lot more transparent how houses are built and Mm -hmm. make sure that we're getting the permits out the door as quickly as possible. Shouldn't a lot of this be handled by municipalities? Why does the provincial government want to get engaged in this? You've got lots on on your plate from healthcare and education and a a million other things. Uh, Generally, municipalities handle this. Why does the provincial government want to get involved? Sure, and and we're meeting with municipalities all week. Let's, let's, uh, Let's say there's a spectrum. There's a spectrum when you look at municipalities across BC. There have been those who, in partnership with BC, have really been getting a lot more uh, construction done, doing their own permitting process, making it good for builders and homeowners to live there. Uh, There's been other municipalities that have either uh, not wanted to build more housing, which is some, or not been able to. You know, they have an old process. It's all paper-based. I talked to one mayor the other day, and one application when they weighed all the paper that all the permits uh, that the city required, the permit application weighed 75 pounds. 
and the city wanted a change in the permitting and the builder had to go back and produce another 75 pounds worth of paper documentation. Now the city is digital. And you think that doesn't sound like much, Mm -hmm. but if you're trying to get these permits out the door, the idea in 2023 that you can't go online to do that seems kind of crazy. So we've been, we've been helping the municipalities. This is a big change. The province has really stepped in making secondary suites zoned right across the province. Um, uh, triplexes, duplexes, making those also available for people to build. And what we're seeing is people take this up and taking down a, you know, an old single-family dwelling that might be worth you know, a million and a half, two million in the Vancouver area, mm-hmm. putting up a triplex, and we're seeing entire families be able to occupy that, generations of families. And that's, that's a lot better for everybody, a lot more affordable, and it's going to give us the housing that we need. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, we had the mayor on last week. We had uh, a variety of city councillors on last week because they made some changes in Vancouver where mm-hmm. uh, they're l- going to allow, depending on the size of the lot, up to eight units on the lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, single-family homes would be reduced in size on an average Vancouver lot from 2,800 square feet to 24. So more space and room could be given to a laneway. So the, the broader conversation around housing is o- ongoing uh, provincially and municipally and federally, one could argue. Uh, but do you feel fear pushback. What I mean by that is there are a lot of traditional single family home neighborhoods Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. people do not want to see the more people move in and more importantly, Mm -hmm. just dealing with parking and cars and uh, greater density, more people, because that's not what single family homes, one would argue, were set up for. Uh, There is a cultural fight here, a cultural difference. Do you worry a pushback from the public because they're going to say, wait a minute here, I've been here 30 years and all of a sudden I got 15 more vehicles where I'm fighting for parking on my own street. Well, and, and respecting the, the fabric or the culture of a neighborhood, of a street, is really important in this, right? And that's, that's how applications do. You still have to have high standards, right, in terms of people applying. Mm-hmm. It's got to fit. It's got to answer those questions. Do we have the right infrastructure in place? Is there enough water and sewer and electricity getting into that part of the world to service more units? And things like parking, because we know in some parts of the city right now, parking is, is a challenge you got to accommodate for that. What, what we're seeing, though, Jez, is a lot of people coming in, especially if they're looking to get affordable. I'm seeing units go up now where in that apartment unit, say there's there's 30 units, mm-hmm. only 10 of them are allotted to have a car because it's right downtown. It's sitting you know, a block from SkyTrain, and folks are making choices to say, this is a neighborhood I want to live in. I'll get a car share. I'll do a couple of other things, and I'm going to make this work because this is where I want to live. And if you look globally, and, and Vancouver is a global city, mm-hmm. you're seeing this challenge everywhere. And, and cultures do shift with respect to the car. How many cars, you know, three cars for a family is going to be tough in downtown Vancouver, where it's just to find space. Mm-hmm. But we know that we've got to densify. We've got to get more people because the demands are so high. There are so many people, as you know, coming into B.C. every year. This creates a challenge for us because we need those folks because we're so short of workers in the healthcare and education and private sector we know we need to make the housing for people to be able to come in and, and be a part of our communities. Um, I, I know other communities in the past have uh, set a pathway to legalization. Uh, Delta is one of them. Mm-hmm. We're going to have uh, Councillor Dylan Kruger joining us at 5 o'clock in regards to what that community did, uh, what they learned, best practices, and what, what, what didn't work. Uh, I, do you worry that municipalities are going to go, okay, David Eby makes this announcement, Nathan Cullen's on the show and he talks about the positives, but they are the ones who have to deal with neighbours, uh, especially in single-family neighbourhoods, going, we don't want this, and do you worry municipalities might make it onerous? And what I mean by that is, okay, 
state, you have to have a license to have a, a secondary suite, and that will mm-hmm. require, instead of $50, $500. A garbage pickup, we're not going to double your cost, we're going to quadruple the cost. So now instead of $500 a year, you're going to pay $2,000 a year for garbage mm-hmm. pickup. So you make it onerous to actually even consider a secondary suite, or the rules would be it's going to cost you 10000 or 20000 right. to fix it up. Right. Do you worry, and do you still have the power? Does Can a municipality actually stifle that through rules, regulations, uh, or through excessive costs? Yeah, I th- Potentially, I doubt it. It'd be a mistake. I mean, a mistake in the sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are the. I'm, I'm. We live in these communities too, right? Yep. We as MLAs, as ministers, we're living in these communities. We know folks and family, and and see those tensions. The those those same mayors and councillors also know that we're short on teachers and folks to, to pick up the garbage and folks to work in our hospitals. So. You, you kind of can't have it both ways. I remember arguing with a mayor last year who said, we don't want to build more dense. We don't want to build more housing. We just want people to come from outside of my municipality and, and do all those services and work in our community. And it's like, I hate to break it to you, mayor, but you can't say the housing question is somebody else's problem. And responsible cities don't do that. They yeah. say we have an obligation here, especially when we've been investing things like more rapid transit and more SkyTrain and more schools. Like we as a province have been really wanting to and, and have been putting more money into that infrastructure. We gave municipalities a billion dollars last year extra on top of other transfer payments to do that infrastructure work, to make sure that communities remain livable, to have the amenities that we all want. Yeah. Part of the bargain is that we got to get more housing built and reward those communities that do it. So we're, I'm having a lot of conversations with mayors and, and building companies that are saying, clarifying the rules, making the permits nice and clean so that we, everybody understands them, and not saying we're going to kill housing development by taking five years to issue a permit. I just think that's, that's, you know, bad faith. I think that's not how our cities were built in the first place, is by people disingenuously trying to stop uh, folks from coming in and just having, a, you know, progress in their own lives and building up our communities and our province. Minister, thanks for your time today. Really appreciate it. Hey, anytime. Happy to be here.